0: The following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is the word of the
1: Lord. Thank you so much, Donna. So, so how did that make you feel? If you could, um, if you could just write this, Write your feelings, write your comments. I see a couple, this is not my home. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, If then the light is in you, um, is darkness, how great is the darkness? What we fix our eyes on determines our direction, good. Uh, We are to be salt and light to the world, even in chaos. No one can serve two masters, all good. Um, As we dive into this text, Um, What I want us to see this morning is that we have a God that is calling us to such joy, to such passionate satisfaction and fulfillment, that it is literally that hope, that substantive hope is literally the power to propel us through this life, even and especially the hardest times. A pandemic, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, uh, the encounter of a divorce, deep loneliness, whatever we experience, this hope is power to bring us through with joy and to bring us through um, with, with indeed hope. So before we dive into that, pray with me. Our great God, we thank you this morning that you are a God that gives your people hope. And so we beg you. To open our eyes, to open our hearts, oh God, to give us the power to see what and where our treasure really is. Oh Father, I pray that you would expose the functional idols in our lives, those things that we are looking to that literally are killing us, are breaking our hearts. And Father, I pray that you would lift our souls, lift the eyes of our hearts up this morning that we might see Jesus, that we might see him as life, that we might see him as joy, that we might see him as the essence of all of our longings, the fulfillment of all of our desiring. Oh God, I need you this morning. Would you meet me right where I am? Father, use me as your instrument to bring your word to us with power and might. Meet us where we are by your spirit of God. We beg you, for we do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, this morning, I want you to imagine if someone offered you, someone trustworthy, offered you a new house. If someone came to you and said, in six months, I'm going to give you the keys to this house. They described it for you, That they even showed you a picture of it, they painted this picture of it for you, and they said it's yours in six months. Now I'm not talking about a beat up house. I'm talking about your dream home. I'm talking about that mansion on the river, that that penthouse on the ocean or in Manhattan. Um, and some of you, I know, some of you, my, my millennial, millennials friends, minimalist friends, excuse me, um, it, it might be a tiny house, your dream tiny house, but whatever that house is in your mind, imagine if someone said it's going to be yours for free in six months. I believe that would, that would radically change and have an impact on, on you. It, it would have an impact on your desires. It would have an impact on what you did with your time. It would have an, an impact on your dream life, your, your, your imaginations. It would begin to direct your life. You wouldn't be thinking about the beat-up old house you're in right now. You wouldn't be focused so much on, on uh, the paint that's peeling or the broken toilet or the leaky faucet or the leaky roof, you wouldn't be focused on these things. Oh, you would fix them. Oh, you would keep on with your life, but you would do it with hope. You'd do it with a little more uh, bump in your step because you know that you're gonna be out of this place in just a few months. And I think it would have a deeper impact in regard to to how you lived your life. If someone came to you in the midst of this um, great hope and this great deal and said, hey, Um, You know, I've got some fast cash for you. All you got to do is is, um, do a little something illegal. You would say, oh, no, 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 no. Why? Because you would be saying, I'm not doing anything to mess that up. I am going to get my tiny house. (laughs) I'm going to get my penthouse in Manhattan. I'm going to get my mansion on the beach. I'm going to get this home, and I'm doing nothing to mess it up. You would live now out of the hope of the future. But imagine too, if someone came to you and gave you the same offer and you said, you know, nah, I'm kind of, you know, I like my apartment, the, the, the paint is peeling, the broken toilet, the leaky faucet, the leaking, eh, nah, it's not a big deal. I just love playing video games and eating barbecue chips all day. So now you can just take your house and move it. I mean, who would not look at that person and say, you fool! You fool, look at what you're settling for. when well, you can have this. What is happening in this passage this morning is something extremely similar. Jesus comes to us, and typically what we hear is, Do not lay up treasures on earth. And, oh, immediately, but lay up treasures in heaven. Oh, I don't do that. Oh, I do this. Guilt. You know, I've got to, I've got to live for the no- another world. I don't know how, you know, how great that new world will be, but I got to. Li- what Jesus is promising us, what Jesus is commanding us in this passage, is a life of passionate joy. What Jesus is 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 commanding us to do, what He's leading us into this morning, is indeed power to lead us through any trial or negative, horrible circumstance with joy with blessedness, as the scriptures say, and with hope, and, and, and not just a future hope, but a future hope that pours over into us now, that, that shapes and, and forms us now for then and for now. So let's look at it. The first thing I want us to see, and really the primary thing that I want us to see this morning, is that there is a straight line from our desiring, our present desires, our longings, those things that we dream about, there's a straight line between them and heaven. There's a straight line between your desires and the God of heaven. Now, as we've said numerous times, even last week, Buddhism and Eastern religions deny that. They say that nirvana is found at, when we can stop, when we get to this, this point at which we can stop desiring. Eastern religions say desiring is your problem. If you stop desiring, then you stop being miserable in this life. But Christianity, Jesus himself in this passage, is not telling us to stop desiring. He's telling us to redirect our desires. He's not telling us to to live this, this life that is numb to the world around us. He's saying embrace this world around us and long for something better because that's my promise, and it's called heaven. The, the Greek word that Jesus uses for um, lay up is uh, thesaurizo, And this word, it does mean to lay up, but I, the word that I think better translates to you and me or connects at least with me is hoard. What Jesus is saying is, he's not saying, you know, just kind of be a minimalist. and do. You know, no, he's saying, you go crazy. You start hoarding treasures in heaven. You start building. You start piling one on another. For there is no way you can desire too much treasure in heaven. You see, we are built for desiring by a God of desire. Why do you think you exist today? Why do you think this world exists today? In the manner that it. Why are there such things as beauty? and love, and goodness, and peace, and justice. Why do we have these concepts? Because we are made in the image of a God who desires. He desired so much, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, before the creation of the world, that He literally could not contain His will. He couldn't contain His desiring, and they exploded in what we know as creation. And you and I, we are the height of his creation. And so, yes, we have desires. Yes, we, we want more. Yes, we are not satisfied in this broken uh, world, in this, these broken bodies with our broken souls. We are not satisfied because we are made for so much more. We are made in his image and therefore Jesus says to be true to who we are as, as created beings redeemed by the blood of Jesus and hoard treasures in heaven. You see, God is the essence of heaven. And, and, and he, when we put our, build our treasures in him and build our treasures in glory, then those treasures have a shelf life. They're not like that tomato that you put in the, the, the Ziploc and it finds its way to the back of your refrigerator and you find it six months later and you pull it out and you can't you don't it's not even recognizable. No, you build your life for him and his glory and treasures in heaven and that has a shelf life. If you do just the opposite, if you lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, it will break your heart. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also That's that's what's at stake here. You build your life on the things of this world and this world only, and it will break your heart. Because heaven is the place of ultimate fulfillment. Hell is the place where you desire and there's no hope of fulfillment. We see that God is the essence of heaven and and this this new heaven and this new earth is the fulfillment of our desiring. We see it in Psalm 34, excuse me, 37. The psalmist commands us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, now many of us interpret that, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you whatever you want. You want want this? You want that? No. If I came to you and I said, hey... I, if I put a, a brisket in front of you, you know, I mean, been smoking for 12 hours. I mean, it's got, it is just beautiful. And I cut into it, and you see uh, how, how uh, just moist and tender it is. And, and I said, I said, delight yourself in this brisket, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Would you have any premonition? Would you have any uh, confusion on what I'm offering you? No. Desire this brisket, and you're going to get this brisket. Desire this brisket. I'm not going to give you a new washing machine or a BMW. I'm going to give you the brisket. And that's what God is saying. Delight yourself in the Lord and you get the Lord. That's the promise uh, of the scriptures here. And, 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 and this is really what the gospel offers. Psalm 16, verse 11. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore do you hear let that be your scripture verse of the week i'm serious i'm rereading through the psalms and i got to this a few weeks ago in your presence there is fullness of joy and he doesn't stop there at your right hand are pleasures forevermore (laughs) No, God, our God is not a God who says stop desiring. Our God is a God who says redirect your desires to me and you are going to experience pleasures forevermore, unending. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Joy is to be the essence of, of our faith. It's to be the reward of our hoping in God. It's the reward of the gospel. It's what the gospel produces. When I go from living a life that, that, um, that, that ends here and now, that ends at my death, to living a life out of my future home and glory in Christ, out of this hope that even if I die, I go immediately with my God. I am recreated in His presence. One day, someday, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. His kingdom rule will be on this earth, and all things that I long for and hunger for um, will be will be will come to completion and fruition. When I'm believing that, I can't help but have joy because that's my reality, my real reality, not what I'm experiencing here. This is why Paul in Galatians four fifteen. Comes to the believers, he says, What's happened to all your joy? I mean, how can you not have joy with the, 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 the extra large size hope that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has accomplished certainly for you? How? And the answer is you can't. There's no way not to have joy when our eyes are on the gospel, when our eyes are on um, what God has for us, and and indeed God himself. In preparation for the sermon, John Piper's mantra of old, I hadn't thought about it in a long time, but his mantra that that really kind of set him off uh, nationally, internationally was this. God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied. With him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with him. Christian hedonism uh, is something that John Piper, um, an old concept, made uh, public again or mainstream again uh, through Piper, and I love it. You see, we were made uh, both with the capacity of and the reality of being truly authentically satisfied by God. Hear me this morning. It is so important that you understand that. And here's the proof of it. The fact that you and I are still hoping. I I mean it's the the only reason you and I are still hoping with everything that's been done to us in our lives. The only thing the only reason that we're still longing for um, the realities of love and justice and peace and healing and, and 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 so forth is because we were made for these things there is a kingdom out there that God has promised and he uh, will, will make come true one day someday for us. Think about this how my my black brothers and sisters how in the world after 400 years of, of persecution of Suffering horrific injustices, slavery, um, and, and and the rapings and, and and the murders and the the, the complete disregard for uh, black and brown skin through that era. Then the Jim Crow era of uh, of lynchings, thousands upon thousands of lynchings and intimidation and um, um, separate. Um, uh, bathrooms and water fountains and so forth. You, we go on, even on into today, the continued injustices um, of the new dream, Jim Crow, as Michelle Alexander puts it. And, and all of that suffered um, even in the face of your white, many of your white brothers and sisters denying that there is even suffering to be had with black or brown skin today. How can you still be hoping how can you still be longing and fighting for justice because there is a land of justice and Jesus will make it true one day someday. Dear friends, if you're struggling through infertility as a couple and you've encountered miscarriage after miscarriage or failed attempt after failed attempt, a negative pregnancy test month after month, year after year, How can you continue to hope because there's a one day someday (laughs) when when that desire will be fulfilled in glory? Do you understand that? Our single brothers and sisters who are struggling with loneliness, even and especially in the height of this, this pandemic, how can you keep longing? How can you keep hoping? How can you keep pressing forward with hope because one day someday, oh, there's a wedding to be had. Do you see it? My married brothers and sisters, you're in the midst of a marriage that's not perfect, which is every single one of us who are married. How are you pressing through, oh, one day, someday? Either you're going to be putting the pressure on your spouse to be Jesus for you, or you know you've got. You can endure and you can do it with gladness and joy and you can be a source of healing. You can pour out to the other broken fellow uh, human being and be part of their healing as they're part of your healing. You're not looking for, for, for perfection. You're looking for redemption and healing. You're looking for that, that cocoon of healing. Do you see how you can do that? I can draw down on the reality that one day, someday, I will have a perfect spouse and his name is Jesus. You don't have the... Per- we can keep going. Time does not permit. We can keep do- going. Apply it to your job. One day, someday, there will be work that will satisfy and that, that can feed into where you are right now as you face the, 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 the seemingly meaninglessness of your work, even the good work. I think about you teachers right now. You, you are overwhelmed by having to teach virtually and possibly some of you are having to teach virtually and in class you're doing two jobs or you're running two different schools and and i've heard from some of you the you're seeing into homes and you're seeing some of the brokenness and it is more weight upon your shoulders you're worried, you're, you're concerned that, that um, of the effectiveness of educating in the midst of these, uh, of a virtual environment. It, it's at, oh, but one day, someday, every man, every woman, every child will have perfect knowledge. We'll be perfectly educated one day, someday. Keep at it. Keep at it. Work out of that hope for now. Do you see it, friends? We are all built for justice and healing and love and beauty and peace. These are the universal desires, and one day, someday, we will have them. therefore, Jesus says, live out of that reality. You are not a fool, but you are one of great hope if you do. Well, how do we do this? The last two points. Number one, build habits that let the light in and keeps the dark out. Build habits. Build habits, you gotta work at it. That lets the light in and keeps the dark out. Uh, This pandemic has exposed a lot um, in my life. Um, One thing I did early on is I started looking at, it it began to really surprise me that I just wasn't doing well. I think I was in a, a, a light depression and I began to, to look at my what I would go to in, in my stress. And one of the things that I went to was food. Um, another is just mindless TV. <laughs> um, you know, uh, that, that's a whole other uh, topic. But what I've forced myself to do is to reshape Those habits, instead of going to food, I've I've redirected um, my life in the way that I eat. I had to get on a scheduled diet and and have a real plan. Uh, Do I do it perfectly? Of course not, but it has radically shaped the way I eat, and therefore, it for me at least is. I mean, I look very radical, but but it's radically shaped my body and and made real and significant impacts. I, I've, I've done counseling. I've, I've worked hard in um, the Adam Young podcast, Where Do We Find Ourselves? I've mentioned it numerous times. I've put myself in and in, informing in, 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 in myself in a different direction. But friends, we have to do that spiritually as well. Uh, one book that is making a real impact in me of late is by James K.A. Smith. It's entitled, You Are What You Love, The Spiritual Power of Habit. You Are What You Love, The Spiritual Power of Habit. Listen to what he says. Jesus is a teacher who doesn't just inform our intellect, but forms our very loves. He isn't content to simply deposit new ideas into your mind. He is after nothing less than your wants, your loves, your longings. As lovers, our primary orientation to the world is visceral, meaning deep inward feelings, emotive, so forth. Not cerebral, like the Stoics and really the Reformation, um, you know, highlighted um, that we are basically brains on a stick. He's saying, no, 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 no. In this respect, ancient wisdom about spiritual disciplines intersects with contemporary psychological insight into consciousness. In other words, what is shaping you coming in um, is what uh, really will form you. Um, Let me finish it. The result is, or let me me keep going here. Uh, Contemporary psychological insight into consciousness. The result is a picture that should lead us to appreciate the significant role of the unconscious in action and behavior. In other words, I had to look at what was dry It was just instinctive what I went to. I didn't even know why I was eating more. I didn't know why I was having these cravings. I didn't know why I was going to the drawer. Once I realized I had to get into my subconsciousness to understand, oh, it's the stress. Oh, it's the worry. Oh, it's the anxiety. Oh, that you have to get into because what is driving your unconscious is what you really worship. You hear me? What you meditate on is what you really worship and what's really ruling you. In other words, it doesn't matter. Let's bring it to our Christian lives. It doesn't matter how many Bible verses you have posted to your mirror in your bathroom or your refrigerator. People still do that. Or, you know, post on your Pinterest board or I don't know. Well, I don't know what the, how we do it now. Um, or the tattoo on your arm or leg or you know, whatever, whatever Bible verse you've got on you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times you go to church. It doesn't matter, how, you know, oh, I'm tuning in every week. I'm, I'm standing up for the call to worship. I'm standing up when they tell me to, you know. It doesn't matter. What matters, what you truly worship is what you are meditating on in your quietest moments. What you're really worshiping is what you go to in stress. What you really, what controls you, what is driving you are the subconscious things. Your, your unconscious thoughts, that's what's driving you. This is what Jesus is saying in verses 22 through 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body would be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Otherwise, what he's saying is discipline yourself to let the light in and the darkness out. Quit letting the darkness in and let the light in. And what is the light? Jesus is the light of the world. Thy word, thy law is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you see it? Back to James K.A. Smith. Jesus' command to follow him is a command to align our loves and longings with his to want what God wants, to desire what God desires, to hunger and thirst after God, and to crave a world where he is all in all, a vision encapsulated by the shorthand, the kingdom of God. Dear friends, it's not just gonna happen. Your love for God must be fed by his word, must be fed by by private worship, and it takes a schedule, it takes a discipline, it takes redirecting, it takes work, and, and we could we don't have time to, to even exhaust this idea. But you've got to go to why do I go in the morning to Facebook and, and Instagram as opposed to his word? Why at night am I am I am I scrolling through social media and not his words, or why am I? looking at news sources or whatever it is or watching that, and not his word. Do you see it? It takes work because our hearts are deceitful above all all things, and we just think, oh, it's just where we go. No, it's what we worship. I've run into or I've discovered a new um, tool to help in this. It's called the Prayer Project. Google it, find it, buy it. You can get a digital copy, or a, I just ordered a, a hard copy. I've been using the digital copy, but the prayer project, it is it, it disciplines you to have morning worship and evening worship, and it's it's short. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it's redirecting. It's it, it's a frame. It's a fence around your day. Here it is. At the, at the beginning of the year, we declared the session declared this a year of fasting and prayer. Now now I, I, I true confession i fasted more this year than I ever have in my entire life and I fasted more than just once a month um, but I've never fasted this much and um, and yet it's interesting as I was reading this and preparing this sermon it's interesting that to see what comes right before this teaching verses 19 through 24 what what do verses 16 and 18 deal with fasting you see he's saying look here 's how you let the light in fast <laughs> you, you you stay away from food you, you stay away from you know fast from something else social media or whatever and, and you 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 begin to draw near to God with more than just your words you begin to draw near to God with all that you are as you're hungry as you're longing oh I want the the, the um, The satisfaction of looking at that Facebook or looking at that Instagram or or watching, you know, this news or Netflix. As as you're fasting and you use that time to pray, you find your whole being being directed toward God in a way that you can't be when you're not fasting. Love for God will not just happen. You have to let the light in, and to let the light in, you've got to see how much darkness you're letting in right now. And then thirdly and finally. Don't attempt to balance your desire between world and God. Don't attempt. Don't think that you can, you know, okay, I'm going to have one hand of the world, I'm going to have one hand of God. No, it's all in. It's marriage. It's covenant. It's I give you all. It's everything. Chadwick Boseman, uh, the Black Panther, died this week at the age of 43 years old. So sad. And he died of colon cancer. Um, that no one knew about, but I guess obviously his family and I'm sure some close friends. Um, And because of that, a lot of things have have surfaced. And one is his um, address to Howard University's graduation. And and this is what he said. He said, he he challenges them, you would rather find purpose than a job or career. That's what he's saying. You need to go for purpose, not just money, job, and career. Purpose is an essential element of you. It's the reason you're on this planet. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things that you're meant to fulfill. And then he quoted Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. What he was saying is, don't build up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but build up treasures in heaven. Now, now many today, I know some of you, my, my younger generation, are saying, yes, because purpose is the idol of your generation. It is what's driving your generation, but it's not purpose for purpose sake. That is not, uh, I've read and listened to a lot of things that uh, Chadwick Boseman was saying and basically that was a sermon that he was preaching at Howard University. Read the whole thing. It's unbelievable. Why didn't he tell the world about his 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 cancer? I I can't answer for sure, but I have a feeling it has something to do with his Christian faith. He knew that cancer was not his new identity. He knew that his job was not to be a cancer survivor. But his job was to do the the role to fulfill the purpose for which God gave him. That's why he pushed through and did Black Panther. Do you see it? It's not even letting cancer, colon cancer, in the midst of chemotherapy keep him away from going and showing up at work. Why? Because he just wanted to feel significant? No, because he had a higher purpose. He was laying up treasures in heaven, doing good work on this earth that will ring true in heaven. Friends, everything that you do for the glory of God on this planet will ring and carry on into heaven all the love, all the justice, all the forgiveness, all the laying your life down for those around you, all the things that are not seen, you will have applause and glory. Do you see it? It's not working to get glory. It's working because you already have glory. That is your hope. That Jesus is your final destination. Even Jesus did this. Uh, he, he tells us in John six thirty six for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, not to find my, my purpose. no I've come to do my Father's will. My Father's will is my purpose. And if he tells me to do this, then I'm doing this, even if it means going to the cross, even if it means going to hell. This is what Jesus means when he says, no one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one despise the other you cannot serve both god and money so how can we serve god when money seems so attractive when the things of the world seem so attractive here's the key the only way you're going to build treasures in heaven and lay up and hoard treasures in heaven when you have fully embraced and as you are fully embracing the reality that god has made you his treasure you didn't hear me you didn't hear me if you're still sitting on your couch i'm sorry i the only way you can make god your treasure is when you understand that you were his treasure why did he come he came for you listen to ephesians 1 he chose us In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. Do you see all of this purposeful planning? And what is he planning for? To unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. You and me reconciled to him as sons and daughters of the king whose sins have been forgiven, who are, inherit his righteous standing before the father that we might live life knowing we have his love no matter what cancer is telling us. No matter what the world is telling us as another black man, another black woman is shot and killed. No matter what social media is telling us. No matter what um, our our negative fertility, uh, uh, you you know, our negative pregnancy test is telling us. No matter what anything else is telling us, God loves us. And he indeed has a home for us. And that is our hope. Is that your hope this morning? I pray it is. Lord God, would you open our hearts to the beauty of the treasure that you are, which indeed is heaven. Oh God, may we long, I hope you have uh, whetted appetites this morning for glory. I pray that you have given hope where there's hopelessness, that you've brought light where there's darkness. Oh God, I pray that we would take steps forward towards you from the sermon. And oh God, open our hearts. We beg, do it in Jesus' name. Dear friends, may we respond by bringing our tithes and offerings. You can bring your tithe and offering by texting lowercase one word downtown church to 73256. And, or getting online at downtownchurch.com and, and giving on that way. Setting up recurring gifts.